Hello and welcome to Everybody is a Somebody, a podcast where we listen to the stories of others. My name's Joey and I'm joined here by Chris. How's it going, Chris? Doing fine. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, that's great, man. Um, before we get into the story that uh, Chris brought us today, do you want to tell us a little about yourself? Where are you from? What do you do? All right. I'm from Sweden originally, but uh, I live in Ireland and I do tech support for very large companies. That's great, man. uh, My story today is about how I ended up somewhere where I never thought I'd be. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Before we get to your story, what what, uh, what, what moved you to Ireland from Sweden? That is part of the story. So I'll just have to... uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that 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 is great. Awesome. Well, uh, do you just want to jump right into it? Then you can just start telling your story. I can jump right into it, unless you have any other questions. No, I think uh, I think I'm going to learn a lot while while listening to your story. All right. So my story is about failure and why failure is important and not to be ignored because it can lead to success. So when I just exited high school, I just left high school in Sweden, and I didn't quite know what to do with my life. Uh, For a moment, I entertained the idea of becoming a ship's captain, looked Mm -hmm. into that, and that that was way too much stress. So I I put that to the wayside, and I thought a bit about becoming a, a brewmaster, and... Again, Swedish alcohol laws being what they are, you can't really just start a brewery in your garage. So (laughs) that kind of fell to the side. And I met a guy who had an art gallery. And he said, hey, I need someone to come in and help sell art and just be an assistant around the gallery. So I started working there. And the more I worked at the art gallery, I thought, this is what I want to do with my life. Artists are amazingly fun people. Art buyers are really weird people. (laughs) And this is just so much fun meeting all of these strange people. And I said to myself, I'm going to study art and art history. So I tried to get into university. I managed to get in. And I've gotten at this point of real interest in Japanese history and Japanese art. So I thought, I'll I'll learn Japanese and I'll see if I can't start selling Japanese artists in Sweden. And the Japanese was so hard to learn at the university. So I completely failed. (laughs) I... I mean, I failed so hard, I couldn't even figure out where to write my name on the final exam. Oh, wow. And that that was uh, just devastating. Yeah. So I, I spent about half, um, half a semester aimlessly trying to figure out what to do next. And I started studying visual culture and... Uh, art uh, interrelationships and art theory at the university. And I I did really well. And then a family issue struck. Um, 
a family uh, relative got very, very ill, and I had to take care of my family relative and study. And so when I study, when, when you study in Sweden, uh, you can take a student loan and you repay the student loan at a very favorable rate later in life once you actually have a job. Um, but you have to get passing grades. So if you don't pa get passing grades, they take the student loan away from you. So I lost my student loan. So that meant I had to take care of my family member and work and study at the same time. And I didn't know what to do because uh, the art gallery had uh, kind of went under by that time. So I couldn't sell art. So I kind of just slipped in to tech support. And I worked with tech support, but I failed my university studies because I couldn't take my exams because I was working all of the time. And I thought, this is, this is horrible. I'll, I'll never be able to sell art. I so dearly wanted to be involved in the art industry. Instead, I got a career with tech support for, at first, uh, Nikon Digital Imaging Systems, then for Microsoft, and then for uh, internal IT on a, one of Sweden's largest grocery chains. And I thought, I'm really good at this whole tech support, and uh, everything seems to go relatively well. So I start, tried to open my own consultancy firm when I was in between gigs. And that just failed spectacularly. I wasn't able to get any customers. And at that time, the um, um, IT business in Sweden was starting to slow down uh, after the um, 2010 depression. So that failed. And I thought to myself, well, I'm, I'm unemployed now. I, I can't give up. I have to do something. I can't just not do anything. So I saw that makerspaces started to get popular, like really popular. And I found a perfect space. I tried to get funding. And at this time, I was on unemployment benefits. So... I was just about to open my makerspace. And do you know what a makerspace is, Joseph? Uh, I, I do not know. Okay, so makerspace is this fantastic new movement uh, where you have basically a workshop where people can come in and they can get access to tools and to uh, knowledge on how to fix their own stuff, or if they want to sew their own clothes, they can do that. If they want to build a radio system, they can do that. It's basically um, a workshop of tools that is available on a subscription basis. You pay a membership fee. That sounds um, really interesting. It's really cool. And... Uh, it's something that brings uh, together people from different generations. and It has this creative thing um, that I really like. A lot of cosplayers uh, tend to like Makerspaces because they can get access to um, 
how to make foam uh, molds and how to um, use vacuum um, formers. If you've ever seen people walk around in um, Star Wars um, soldier costumes. Yeah, stormtroopers. Uh, yeah, star troopers. Uh, they are usually made with these uh, vacuum um, formers, and oh, wow. often at the makerspace. So I wanted to start that because it sounded like a fun thing, and I was just about to get all of my ducks in a row, and there was an IT problem with the organization that handled my unemployment benefit. So I disappeared from there their IT system. Oh, wow. And everything I'd built up basically vanished oh. because I I was just about to get everything set up, but I had to have money to pay for my own rents, money to pay for food and everything. And that just disappeared. So I got really, really, really desperate. I didn't know what to do. I was about to just give up on everything. And I basically posted on Facebook that, look, I really need a job now. I'll take anything, even if it's not in Sweden. And within about 15 minutes from making that posts, post, uh, a friend of mine um, who I hadn't spoken to uh, at this time for maybe five or six years, basically called me and said, hey, we need people in Ireland. And my boss is really interested in talking to you. Do you have a minute? So I'm like, yeah, sure. So he basically hands over the phone to his boss, who holds an impromptu interview with me over the phone. I'm not prepared for this at all. And she basically says, okay, this sounds good. Uh, we're going to have one, hour, one of our technical uh, specialists call you to give you a technical interview. And I'm like, sure, let's do that. And a man named Fergus with the thickest Dublin accent I've <laughs> ever heard called up. And I didn't understand a word of what he said. So I said, I'm terribly sorry, Fergus. I I don't quite get your accent. Can you talk a little bit slower? And he basically said, oh, all right, and flipped over and started speaking the almost perfect Oxbridge English. <laughs> really, really fun switch right there. Got caught me yeah. completely off guard. And we had a chat, and he said, well, you, you sound like you know what you're doing with cameras and imaging technology. So... Um, I'm going to recommend you to, to the boss lady. And then it took about two hours. The boss lady called up and said, yeah, uh, they were impressed. We want to hire you. Uh, can you start tomorrow? <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm in Sweden. You're in yeah. Ireland. That's uh, like a whole hour time zone difference, and you're about to two hours by plane away. Um, I need to just settle all of my affairs here first. Can, can I start in a month's time? Uh, I was absolutely sure they would say no. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, sure. Take your time. 
Oh, wow. Um, That's really nice. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Uh, oh, by the way, we have a resettlement bonus. Like, sweet. So I put all of my stuff into storage in Sweden and sell half of uh, the stuff I had accrued for the makerspace. Mm-hmm. And finally, when I'm about to move to Ireland, grab basically a suitcase with my clothes, my iPad, and uh, just hightail to Dublin, I find out that to travel to Ireland, you need to have a passport. Now, this might sound like obvious to anyone else, but within the European Union, there is this thing that if you are a member of something called the Schengen Agreement countries, which is about 12 of the core countries, you don't need a passport. And that's part of the open movement in Europe, which means that mm-hmm. if I get a job in Germany, I can just go down there. I don't need a passport. I can, I can just start up my life there working for a German company, or I can go to France or Italy. However, Ireland is not one of those countries. So I thought, oh, this is going to crash everything. I'm going to fail again. And the very nice uh, customs lady basically said, no, 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 you just need to go to the police station and they'll issue a temporary passport. So I went there, I got everything, and I just about managed to get the last flight from the night to Dublin. I land in Dublin and I start my first career uh, in Ireland doing tech support for uh, Nikon Digital Imaging again. And that then led me to a whole new series of new employments. And where I started failing with everything in Sweden, here in Ireland, everything has been, I've gone from job to job, and I've basically been nailing everything. And everything has just been going really well. There's been some hardships, but I've basically failed into a high-paying tech support position for um, Fortune 500 companies here in Ireland. And I never thought 10 years ago, when I was hell-bent on opening an art gallery, that I would be working in tech support doing developer support, things that I have no formal training for whatsoever. But somehow I've managed to fail my way into success. So I think the lesson that I'm trying to impart with this is no matter how much you fail, no matter how much things seems to be going wrong, you might just be in a need of a change of scenery and things will start looking good again. It's never the end of the train. You know that if you just change locations, something might just go your way. So that's what I wanted to tell because I find it so important to never give up. That's what I've learned through life. 
That, yeah, that's that's great, man. It is great to hear that you you went from so low and so unsure of mm-hmm. what what to do next to to just crushing it in a completely different different place that somewhere you probably thought you would never be um and just 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 thriving really in in a moment when you just not too far apart you know it it just kind of it's from what it sounds like it kind of just everything flipped in a moment yep absolutely it it just went from not being able to uh, sustain myself in sweden to overnight um, going to a country where, by all accounts, the social security is harsher here. Mm-hmm. You don't have unemployment benefits in the same way you have in Sweden. It's not as generous as in Sweden. You have to have a private insurance for healthcare here in Ireland. But that's not really a problem if you're employed, because if you're employed, your employer pays for it. Um, But in Sweden, you don't need that. Um, So there are upsides and downsides, of course. But coming here, uh, I have managed to turn around a lot of things and a lot of things that were failing I've realized was because of my own insecurities. And here I've managed to change from being insecure to being much, much more sure of myself, being able to know what I actually know and knowing what my own worth is. And that is a realization that isn't so easy to come to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if I'm explaining this uh, fluently enough. English is not my uh, natural language. It's my second language. Great, so sometimes I might stumble on the explanations. <laughs> Don't worry uh, about it at all. You're doing amazing. And One of the things with failing is that I think our um, culture in the West is so incredibly focused on always um, being the best, always succeeding, that we're not giving us uh, the um, little pauses that are needed to try something, fail at it, see what we learned from it, and then reapply it to something else. And I think we are trying to run too fast for success and not Mm -hmm. always savor uh, the lessons that we learn on the way. But if we just stop up and dare to contemplate and reach out to others and ask for advice or help, uh, everything will just turn out much, much better in the end. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that, that's great advice, honestly. Because one thing that you did mention that I think is very, very important is self worth. And whenever you're, you know, you find a job and you find something that's like you, you know, you're good at it, and you know this is what's right for you. Don't underestimate yourself because there's a lot of people out there that are gonna try to underestimate you or, or try to cut you short. And it's just even if. Um, even if it is something that isn't 
if if you have to walk away, sometimes it's best to walk away. Sometimes yep. it's like if this these people aren't aren't going to give me what I feel like I am worth. And you know, maybe sometimes some people look at that and their their number might be a little high, whatever that whatever the the equivalent measurement would be. But you know, it's you still have to go. You know what you are worth more than anybody else. You know what what your skill set is, and you know what you're good at. And if somebody's trying to undermine you and cut you down, don't 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 stand for it. You know, it might be hard, and it might be a hard thing to do to to leave. But you know, I think um, me personally in my life, that's been some of the most important moments in my life when somebody was trying to undermine me and I said, you know what? No, I don't need this. Like I will go somewhere else and I will make this work for myself. And admittedly things did get a little rough for a moment afterwards, but taking that, if I didn't take those, those steps back for a few seconds, I wouldn't have been able to take the leaps forward that I was able to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, I, I really like your story, man. I think it's very important and I think it's very interesting to hear somebody talk about, uh, the, the failure in success that a lot of people don't want to admit and a lot of people don't want to do um, because it is hard. It is hard to, to fail oh, yes. and fail and fail. And then, uh, but whenever you, it makes that success so much sweeter it, it makes it so much more gratifying and rewarding whenever you get there. Absolutely. And something that is important with the connection between failing and self-worth is you may not realize it, but every time you fail, you're adding knowledge that you didn't have before. And it's so easy to look at your failures and say, I really don't know anything. What am I doing here? Why are these people even putting up with me? When it should be, I failed here. I know why this failed. Now I have the tools and knowledge to change why this didn't go the way we had planned and that should build your self-esteem because now you have an experience that very few others have and that others might actually pay you more money or pay you more respect because you have and that mind shift is very hard to get to it took me about five years after i left Sweden. I've been in Ireland now for six years, coming up on seven. And it took me about five years before it started to click. Um, The first few years I was walking around not believing everything was going as well as it did. Uh, Sometimes I just had to stop myself um, and pinch my my arm to see if I was awakened. Mm -hmm. Uh, not dreaming the whole thing. (laughs) And like I said, it's really important to shift your your mindset from failing is bad, I'm not good, to failing is good because now I know what went wrong because we can never anticipate what is going to go wrong. Life throws us curveballs all the time and it's all about how we catch them and make something out of it. Yeah, that that is beautiful advice, man. Really, it is it is great to hear to hear you talk about talk about this and talk about what you overcame. Honestly, now um, b- before we uh, segue into the next segment, is there anything else you would like to say? Or any points specifically you want to bring up again? Yeah, I, I think my second advice would be um, apart from failing is good. 
it would be, it never hurts to ask people. It doesn't matter if it's asking for help or if it's uh, asking for advice. You can, if you get this really weird, strange, amazing idea that you really believe in, if you just ask people if they're interested in helping you or if they know something that would be um, helpful for your idea, the worst thing that can happen is that they say no. But the most amazing thing is when they say, oh, yeah, I, I, I have a thing that you can get for free. You just need to come and pick it up. I, I ran into that time and time again when I was doing my makerspace because they're looking for tools. Some of them are really expensive, yeah. uh, as you, I'm sure you know. Um, um, just getting a lathe can run thousands of dollars. Yep. And if you ask around, someone will say, yeah, I know someone who had this workshop that they're trying to get rid of, and if you just show up, you can come and pick it up. So just asking people will grant you a lot of stuff. And um, that never underestimate the, the power of asking. Yeah, that is that is really good advice. I know it's hard. Um, uh, it is hard because like I, even myself, I fall prey to this of not wanting to come off as weak. And I think it's, it is almost a societal thing where we have to realize that needing help doesn't make you weak. It makes you human. Like it makes mm. you a person because, you know, not everybody is going to be able to, one person isn't able to do everything a hundred percent perfect all the time, you know, so they, other people are going to have expertise and knowledge that you don't have. So it, it doesn't hurt to, to just say like, Hey, listen, I, I need your help with this. And like you said, the worst thing they could say is no, I'm okay. And like, I don't want to help you. And it might burn. It might sting for a second, but you just gotta just say, okay, fine. And you go on to the next person and see if they can help you. You know, like, um, it's, it's, you just, you got to remember everybody needs help. And, and anytime anybody has come ask me for help, I've never looked down on them. It is always a mental thing when you're in the position of feeling like you are the weak one or you are the one that is uh, down and needing somebody else's help. You feel different because you feel like you're, you're bothering them or taking something away. But anytime anybody has ever asked me for knowledge or help on anything, I have no issues telling people. And I don't look think of that person in any different or particular type of way. I mean, they can't know everything. Exactly. It's incredibly hard knowing everything because mm. it's impossible. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just not. You can't do it. You, you, your, brain, your brain would explode. You, nobody has enough time in the day. It's, yeah. That's great. Well, hey, uh, thank you so much for, for, for all that. Like it is, it is great to hear. And, um, I hope, I hope somebody out there takes something from this and I hope somebody out there really gets something, uh, get something turned around a switch flipped in them. So they, cause they can hear that even somebody who, who tried so many different things, didn't find their, their niche at, at the first one. And they had to try a couple different things until now you are doing for what it sounds like amazing. That's true. Um, if you had to told me ten years ago that I, I would doing would be doing really advanced um, tech support for a Fortune five hundred company, I would have said you're, you're dreaming. I don't know anything about that stuff. Uh, I want mm -hmm. to sell art. 
<laughs> then I'd probably try to sell sell you a, a, a water painting or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, man. Well, um, if if you don't mind, we're gonna transfer into the the segment I called "Asked and Answered." Um, I am going to ask you three random questions that I'm going to roll a dice for. And um, if there's anything you don't want to answer, you don't feel comfortable answering, don't be afraid to say so. No worries. Shoot. All righty. Your first one. Um, Do you believe in aliens? This is an easy question on my list of categories. So I I do believe in aliens, but I believe in them in the way that I believe in the Drake equation, that it would be silly to believe among all of these trillions and billions and billions of galaxies that there wouldn't be life somewhere else. And Thank you very much. I, I 100% agree with you. That's the <clears> first thing I always say when somebody talks about aliens. That said, I, I, I really don't believe that they, they are visiting Earth, uh, abducting um, cows and uh, mm-hmm. playing tricks outside of Catalina for the U.S. <laughs> Air Force, because that, that's just that's just nonsense. If if aliens were to come to, to Earth, they wouldn't just fool around. They, they would actually yeah. land and say, hey, here we are. Get your shit together. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great answer, man. All right. Uh, for your next question, what is the happiest day of your life? That, that's a really good question. And it's, as I've grown older, I have found happiness in the simple things in life, like, um, being able to enjoy a nice cup of tea uh, on my balcony a summer morning. That, that's the stuff that just makes me content with life. And I guess that's happiness for me. That's great, man. That's great to hear. You know, it's some people always have some crazy moment in their life that they look back on. But, you know, it is it is great to hear that even you really appreciate the little moments, the the quiet parts. Well, there's so much noise in life that if you don't stop to appreciate the small moments, your morning cup of tea or morning cup of coffee, um, a nice walk in uh, in the garden, or if you happen to have a a park, go for it and just stop, listen to the little animals and enjoy that moment. I, I think that's important to become happy that's great man that that is a music to my ears it's great to hear um for your last question this one might be a little hard um like i said don't have to answer it if you don't want to uh have you ever done something illegal uh yes (laughs) you you don't have to to clarify if you don't want to (laughs) um well, I, I can't say this much. I worked when I was uh, unemployed. I mm-hmm. went to work for a company that wanted people to help with web design. That was what they had said. When I came there, it became very clear to me that they were trying to get people to say yes on the phone so that they could fake selling them um, um, services that they didn't want or needed. Um, Mm -hmm. They were trying to use black hat um, uh, 
strategies for search engine optimizations for um, small companies, and they were targeting uh, immigrants and old people. I spent about three hours at that company realizing what they were doing, and then I said, I'm sorry, I'm just going to go out for lunch, and then I never came back. (laughs) And um, that's the closest thing to something illegal in my work that I've ever Mm come across i didn't do anything illegal myself um but the most illegal thing that i've ever done was as a kid i basically made a pipe bomb and blew up my farmer neighbor's field wow (laughs) and i've never told this to anyone in 20 years time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I'm I'm the reason why there was a sudden uh, crater in his field. <laughs> hey man, it's I'm sure you got it off your chest, huh? Yeah, well, I'm in a different country. He can't get to me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great to hear, man. Well, uh, uh, thank you so much for coming on and and telling your story, man. It was a great pleasure, and um, if you. Uh, need someone to come in i have a few other stories that could be fun for you to hear so yeah yeah, yeah. i'd be happy me, to, to have you just, back on uh, reach out man it was a pleasure yeah for sure so um if there's anybody out there um that that wants to be back wants to be on the show and they feel like they have an interesting story to tell uh reach out to me uh on instagram it's everybody.is.a.somebody uh i'm i have no I'm not looking for anything in, in particular. I just want to give people a platform to come on and tell their stories. And um, I, I just want someone to take something from these, even if it is just a moment of entertainment or a, a, a lesson like uh, I hope that you learned today. It's it's uh, it's something that, that I'm hoping to achieve with this podcast. So if anybody out there wants to, uh, wants to be on, please reach out to me. I would love to have you. But uh, in the meantime, uh, we'll, we will see you guys uh, next episode. Um, thank you so much again, Chris. Thank you for being on. It was a pleasure and good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, We'll see everybody later.